Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and lived the lives they deserve. Because of that, founders live lives of abundance, freedom, and creativity. That's what I'm really all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa with no opportunities, just sheer hard work to failing multiple startups yet learning a whole lot to barely escaping alive the war in Ukraine, even living as an illegal immigrant. I've lost everything twice and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day, sharing the wisdom of luminaries I've interviewed on this podcast from Google executives, Goldman Sachs, the Financial Times, Forbes Technology Council, the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, Harvard University, and even a priest from the Vatican Church. Everyone is welcome here. So let's begin. My guest today is Rina Friedman Watts. There is not much Rina Friedman Watts hasn't done in her professional life. She's scoured the NPR newswire for stories. She's combed through hundreds of small claims cases. She's worked on reality TV shows such as the Jerry Springer Show, Court TV, and Nanny 9-11. She's worked in radio. She's planned mega events for the telecom and finance industries. She's secured sponsors and MCs. She's booked sensational and hard-to-get guests such as Howard Schultz, Barbara Cochran, Ken Coleman, and Derek Sivers on Kathy Heller's Don't Keep Your Day Job podcast and boosted the downloads from 4 million to nearly 15 million. Rena has a God-given talent for connecting people and building communities, and she bestows her magic on people in the most selfless and genuine way. Ideas for how people can achieve the fantastic flow out of ideas for how people can achieve the fantastic flow out of her head as effortlessly as breath flows into her lungs. Her diverse background and skills allow her to seamlessly weave in and out of multiple markets and find her way through doors that don't open for others. She coaches entrepreneurs on how to get unstuck and find their first clients. She gets blurbs from influencers for their best-selling books, and she even helps them grow communities of their own. Rena is a questioner and a story junkie, and she's scratching that itch on her highly anticipated podcast, Better Call Daddy. She's telling the stories that haven't been told and sprinkling them with wisdom from one of her most trusted advisors, her dad. Rina is a hustler, a change maker, and a consummate connector. Rina, how are you today? I love that intro. I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. It's my honor, my privilege, and I know exactly what I'm curious about. In your intro, there is a sentence that really piqued my interest, which is that you can open doors that don't open for other people. Let's discuss that, but more from a 
principle or metaphysical way. And I will tell you to me how it works that I believe in chaos theory that meeting people, for example, or taking action, we don't know what will work. But as long as we keep going, always those doors that are invisible to us that take us to the next level often come from people we didn't expect them to come from or places we didn't anticipate them to come through. That's my experience. How is yours? Oh, I would 100% agree with that. And even how we connected was I listened to a podcast with you and Janide, who I knew from Twitter. And without thinking twice about it, I messaged you and told you I enjoyed the episode. And I think I potentially even shared it. And every time I'm listening to a podcast, it's such an easy way to then connect with those people is tell them you listened, share it, and connect with the people in the episode. I love that. And actually, it's in everything in life. People don't know how much like you should try to get anything working. Like It's always, as they say, in project management, things will either take four times longer than you expect them to, or they will cost four times more than you expect them if you, you want them to finish on time. And so to you, my approach is, I believe... The Gary V thing, which is two things. Of course, you look for quality, but quantity nowadays is very important because you don't know which piece of content will get you discovered by the right person. Do you, how do you approach content creation? Do you believe that high volume, high velocity, Gary V kind of way is what works? Or are you more about a few but high quality content pieces and therefore well, you try less, but you put your heart and soul more into it, or how does it go? That's a great question. I'm going to say that it's a mix. So on Twitter, I post like a blog. So if I'm listening to a podcast and something sticks out to me, I will ask my audience a question about what I've just learned. So I, I did that today. I was watching a live with Heather Parody, and she was talking about why people listen to podcasts. So I said to my Twitter audience, why do you listen to podcasts? Or what's something funny that's happened while you're listening to a podcast? Sometimes just saying the same question in a different way. You could even say, why do you listen to a podcast and give them four different answers where they can multiple choice pick it. Those do really well on LinkedIn. Those do really well on Twitter. Sometimes they don't come up with the answers themselves. So in order to get the engagement, you have to give them options. You can even parody things. You can say, well, I've done a thousand posts and the reason people aren't listening to my podcast is because my message doesn't hit or because the next one's going to go viral or because I'm not a coach. Or you can just talk about like what you're experiencing throughout your day. What are you listening to? What are you reading What are your frustrations in your business? How can you put a positive spin on those things? And that can be content. Now, if I'm going to be interviewing a guest and I want to represent them in the best light, I want to find the best clip from the interview that I've done with them. So that would be like more intentional content and more branded content. But if it's just creating my personal brand and documenting my journey, those posts look different than what I'm going to put out there to potentially get business. 
I understand. And I like that answer very much. It reminds me that a lot of people think, oh, my experience is not valuable enough to share. And they have an imposter syndrome, low self-esteem. But in reality, what you feel is most personal to you is actually the most universal thing and the most shared human experience that people can resonate with. Do you have uh, any opinion about the imposter syndrome, how to help entrepreneurs and people who might feel it, whether in creating content or in any way where they think, oh my God, I'm punching above my weight. Uh, people think I'm an expert, but I'm still confused and I don't know what I'm doing. But in reality, I remember when I was very little, I was there doing the uh, birthday, the 80th birthday of my grandfather. And I asked him, how does it feel to be 80? You know, I was small. I didn't have too much consideration or whatever. And he said two things. I feel like I'm 14 inside, but I look at someone old in the mirror. And he said, I finally feel now that I figured life out so I can start living it. So if we will wait until 80 to feel we have everything figured out, we should enjoy this adventure and not take it too seriously. What's your perspective? I love that you just shared that your grandpa left such an impression on you. That is amazing. I also get a lot of encouragement from my father. That's why I have a podcast with him. He is my sounding board. I mean, oh my gosh, I literally call him every single day. I'm facing imposter syndrome right now. I applied for an on-air announcer role at a new radio station called Cool.fm. And I saw an ad on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago, and I applied cold, didn't know anyone. And he got 136 replies in one hour and then took down the posting. And he said he actually responded to all 136 of those. And I was, I believe, the only podcaster or there was one other podcaster, but she had a real radio announcer job. Like that's her day job. So she was picked, but she's also a podcaster too. Anyway, I was one of the six picked to launch the station. And I haven't done any on-air announcing since college. And I have to admit that was 20 years ago. I love doing it in college. And I feel like I came out of my shell and I got creative in reading the news and the weather and editing the stories. And it was my happy place in college, but it's been a long time. And so all of the other people that I'm working alongside for this launch, they're currently doing it and they have been doing it more recently than me. And even though I have 300 episodes of my podcast and I've guest spotted on many other people's podcasts, yeah, my imposter syndrome definitely came out this past week. But I do feel like you have to continually get out of your comfort zone and you have to continually get feedback. And if there's something that you want to sharpen, if there's a skill that you love and it brings you joy, then you've got to make yourself uncomfortable. And so there's a learning curve. And luckily, the founder of the station, he sets up regular reviews and he's generous with his feedback. And I have found that it's very hard to get feedback, even though I've done a lot of podcasts and I've held corporate positions and I've been an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm grateful for the feedback. I'm grateful the op- for the opportunity to try and I think that if you tell people that you're scared or if you tell people it's a learning curve, they they want to see your journey. And, and I try to show people that I'm not going to be perfect out of the gate, but I'm also not going to suck. 
Thank you. In my perspective, there are really no rules. Any standards or rules that you think are the proper way of doing anything were invented by someone like you and me, who is no different, and therefore first break all the rules because uh, working with your personality in the way that comes authentically to you will be the most unique and fascinating to people rather than trying to copy someone who is your idol or anything. I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just in general that as a podcaster or whatever, it's not about copying someone else. It's about letting go of what isn't you so that what is left is your authenticity. And that can be your uniqueness in the marketplace and you spoke about how difficult it is to get feedback whether in corporate jobs or as a podcaster which ties into the question i have on my mind which is about engagement and you spoke about writing questions and writing polls and all kinds of things on linkedin and twitter there is something called the ikea effect which is when people feel for example when they buy from ikea and they build the item they feel like part of ownership of it and it becomes uh, something they feel more attached to if they are giving you feedback engaging with your content they feel they're co-creating your content with you which makes them build a stronger parasocial relationship with you what are your tips or tricks or experience getting more engagement and more feedback from your audiences and how do you believe it's created and it happens that is a great question and here Here's something that I picked up just from doing my podcast was I created a Facebook group for the people that have been on my show or my regular followers on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. I wanted to have a private group where I could get that feedback and where I could bounce ideas off of people. And if I'm going to have a guest who is a celebrity nanny, I'll say, hey, do you have any guests? around parenting or finding a nanny or finding a caretaker. And some of my best questions, like you said, getting your audience involved in what you're getting ready to put out is from that group. That is my most highly engaged group. I've got over 700 people in there and I didn't even know what to name it. I was like, do I name it after my podcast? Should I call it Better Call Daddy? Should I... At the time, I just named it Business Laughs and LinkedIn because I thought that you need to laugh in order to have fun in business. And I loved LinkedIn. That was the first channel where I really started building an audience. So I've kept that name. But truthfully, it's where my tribe hangs out. That's where I get a lot of audience engagement. And here's another tip. So if I'm going to interview someone, I see who's written their most recent recommendations. I see who they're engaging with on their personal profiles on Facebook. I stalk their social media. Is there a friend of theirs that they've been friends with since college that they just attended their wedding? What would that person want to know about the person that you're interviewing? If you connect with the inner circle of the people that you want to connect to or you're interviewing, you are going to get the best questions from them. I love that. And I hope you know, many of the listeners who are inspired to either grow their podcast or to start it will learn a lot from what you mentioned there. And I noticed as well when you spoke about people now, it seems you have a special connection with people. And earlier about your father, you're even calling your podcast better called Daddy after your dad. Well, to humanize you a bit more and share more about who you are as a person. What are your values? What are things in this world light you up 
inspire you, make you feel alive. And that really, when you're living in that path, in accordance and in alignment with those values, you feel you're being truly Rina. Mm, that's such a good and hard question. I will say one of the biggest values that I've gotten from my dad is encouragement. I think that we all need it. And I think if you don't have it, it's a much tougher life. He got that from his parents. I saw that. Also loyalty. I've seen him take care of both of his parents till the end. I've seen him balance taking care of his daughters and his sisters and his parents. And so I would say loyalty and encouragement are such important values. And then the last one I'll say is creativity. My dad always told me I could do anything or be anything that I wanted to be. And I've always believed that because anything that I took an interest in, he supported. He never said, oh, you can't do that. Or, oh, you're too old to do that. Or, oh, you're too this to do that. He always, he encourages it in my kids too. He's like, if they're taking an interest in something, get them the best teacher. So recently I had a chess master on my show and we had done podcasting swaps and my son took an interest in chess. My dad almost became a chess master and he had taken lessons from chess masters. He was like, if he has the concentration for that and he wants to study with this guy who's the best, he's like, don't put any restrictions around that. You know, don't make him clean clean his room to have the lesson. Don't make him practice his last game to have the lesson. If he wants to show up at the lessons, get him the lessons. And I, I love that, you know, I will say my dad has pushed me to do some things that he wanted me to do and I was hesitant to do them, but then I was glad that I tried them. I think both of my parents kind of tried to put me in some activities that maybe I should have quit earlier, but I think it's good to expose your kids to creative arts. I, I tried dancing, I tried singing, I tried piano lessons, I tried modeling, but let your kids lead. Let them show you what they want to continue to take and and know when it's time to encourage and when it's time to try something else. 100%. And since you're speaking about the topic of encouragement, I find and I'm interested in knowing your perspective on how people, for example, who start podcasts or creating content early on in their journey when it's building momentum where you put maximum effort for minimum results rather than the opposite, which is what people love, instant gratification and uh, maximum results for minimum effort. So how can people stay motivated? How do you keep yourself motivated? How do you recommend and advise your clients to stay motivated when they're working very hard, but not yet seeing the results because they're literally putting seeds in the soil and they cannot expect the tree to come out of the soil and bear fruits just tomorrow or whatever it is? Yeah, that's a great question. And I do feel like this is where a lot of podcasters fail is that they get really excited in the beginning about their idea. And then they have these guests on their show who are people that are interested in their idea and they don't nurture those people. And you're going to grow by keeping people, not by continually trying to add more and more people, but by keeping the people, nurturing the people, and then expanding out from your tribe. So don't 
just be a constant collector of people, but the people that you connect to deepen those relationships. And then those people will start bringing you people. That's what I have noticed is that in the beginning, people are so excited to just interview a bunch of people and have a bunch of interviews. And then they just toss people aside. They're just trying to collect more and more and and get people that have bigger and bigger followings. But if you spend more time with the people that are coming your way, those people will stick around and they will bring you people versus you constantly having to find people. I agree 1000%. And that makes me want to touch on a point, which is the fear of rejection some people have, where they say, okay, if I ask people to come on my podcast, I'm adding value. But if I follow up with them and try, for example, to get them on a call to just see how I can help or communicate or get to know each other or whatever it is, then they feel, oh, no, I'm taking and maybe they will reject me or maybe they're too busy or whatever it is. And my approach is the Pareto principle, which is you should not expect from life more than that 20% of people that you meet, even your interview will stay in your life forever. And 80% maybe are more transactional or they're not in the mood that day or whatever it is. And so going with expectations that are realistic will let you know that really, although you're meeting, let's say 10 guests, you can expect two out of them to become part of your tribe and grow with you and the others to stay a bit more on the acquaintance side, maybe in the future when you keep following up. Because in reality, look, if you have goals, nobody will come and give them to you. You have to go get them. And so rejection is the price you pay for the life you want. What's your perspective on people's fear of rejection when following up with people, keeping up with guests and thinking, oh, I don't know what we can talk about outside the podcast. I don't know if I'm taking value or adding value or what's going on. That's a great question. I love your questions. I have learned so much by doing this. So one way in which I try to further collaborate is you could do an Instagram live about what you thought the podcast was going to be like versus what the conversation actually was or after it airs, what stayed with you. As far as adding value, it can simply be writing somebody a review, engaging with their LinkedIn posts, engaging with their Instagram post, following them on an additional channel, writing them a LinkedIn recommendation. It's finding other ways to interact and still letting that person know that, hey, this isn't a one and done. It doesn't have to be we do business together. It could potentially be that. Or it could even be, I know somebody that would be great for your show. You know, I'll say at the start of the year, I made a montage of every single guest that was on my show last year. And I said, hey, you know, here's a montage I put together. Thank you so much for being an awesome guest last year. If you haven't subscribed, I'd love that. That helps us stay in touch. And then you know the kind of guests that I'm having on. You might want to connect with other podcasters that I've had on. It keeps us in touch. Things like that. If you wouldn't mind sharing it, you're in it, you know, or would you like to do a Twitter space? Would you like to do a LinkedIn audio? Find other ways in which you could collab. It doesn't even have to stick around. It could be what are you working on? You know, would you ever want to do a feedback 
session where I see things on your website that could be corrected. You see things on my website that could be corrected. Just update them on what's going on even in your life. Like I could reach out to everybody that's been on my podcast now and say, hey, you know, starring on Felipe's podcast led to me getting picked to be an on-air announcer on cool.fm. I could literally reach out to every guest who's been on my podcast and tell them that and then say, hey, what's new in your world? I love that. I agree with it and understand that there are people who have a growth mindset, who are open to connecting further, to stay in, in your life while some will not. And importantly, and this is what I did for a long time, especially in the beginning, I would get a guest and then I will ask them, who is the most interesting person you know that I can contact and you can introduce me to be a guest on my podcast? And that's how I got the vice chancellor priest from the Vatican Church. I interviewed someone and I'm like, who is the most interesting person you know? And they're like, oh yeah, my friend from school, he's now in the Vatican Church. And I'm like, yes, of course, I want that guest. So because otherwise, how can you actually uh, reach out to a vice chancellor from <laughs> from the Vatican Church? It becomes impossible. And therefore, people asking them because birds of the same feather flock together. So if a guest is wonderful and interesting, of course, they're surrounded with like-minded people who found each other. And so they open such doors for you to meet people, interact with people. And as long as you're part of their circle, even when they catch up, they will be like, oh, yeah, we were on the podcast or we collaborated with that person. So you stay top of mind. And when you reach out again to any of them, it will be warmer than them forgetting you. And to go a bit further, because you said uh, about doing business, etc. You have a lot of things that you offer to people, to your community, etc. Let's say someone is listening right now and they're like, I like Rina. I want to learn more about her. I don't know how she can help me. Can you speak about what you're working on? What services do you offer? How can people learn more? And I'll make sure to write your website and LinkedIn in the description. Thank you so much for that. I will just say, you know, even after this conversation, I could reach out to people that have been on my show and say, I was just on an awesome interview with Aziz and he said he's gotten his best guests, including a vice chancellor at the Vatican from asking his former guests, who's the most interesting person they know. I could send that message to all of my past guests and say, who's the most interesting person that you know, and tell them about you and your podcast. And that's adding value and potentially getting great guests at the same time. So I love that idea. Thank you for that. Yeah. And as far as what I'm up to, I help people start their podcast. So if it's something that you've wanted to do for a while and you don't know how to edit or you don't know how to create graphics or you don't know how to get it up on a hosting platform, I help people from start to finish get their podcast going. And that gives me a lot of joy because it fulfills that story junkie in me and, and that creative bug in me. And I love helping people get their podcasts off the ground. I also like in your... Um, intro that you read. I have helped people get testimonials for their books, hard to reach people that they might not have time to creatively stock online. That's something that I enjoy doing and it takes a lot of research and I have the time to do that and I enjoy doing that. So that's something else that I do. I also do freelance marketing. Um, I am kind of a social media holic and can help people that 
want some of their social media taken care of. As an entrepreneur, you just really have to lean into what you're good at, what you love doing. I I have helped people just even with strategy calls or coaching calls if they want to do things themselves and they just need some pointers or some ideas. I work in that way too. So you can go to Megawatts Productions and I have all of that there or bettercalldaddy.com, my podcast website has ways in which you can get in touch with me too. Thank you, Rina. It was my privilege and my honor to have you here to have this fantastic conversation and to reach into your wisdom, experience, and what you have accumulated as insights because my belief and what keeps me excited about podcasting is that each is born with a piece to the puzzle that is life that we cannot find on our own. We have blind spots. So listening to people means you will get access to that piece of the puzzle they have, which opens your eyes, widens your horizons and expands your comfort zone. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you so much. I do have one other little tip of ways that I've gotten featured for my podcast. So Good Pods, I don't know if you've heard of Good Pods. It's a new app where you can connect with other podcasters you know or other shows that you know and you can see what they're listening to in app. They are very much into supporting indie podcasters and they've featured my show multiple times just simply for me reaching out. Also, there's another app called Headliner App and you can make audiograms through that app. And while you're making audiograms for your show, they feature other podcasts and play them at the same time. So not only have I been introduced to other shows that way and connected with podcasts that way, but my show has been featured that way as well. So I would check out those two apps. Thank you. Yes, those are very interesting. Mm-hmm. 